Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Maura Z and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, July 5th, 2017. Today we are reading from the big book and we are on page 63 at the bottom, the fourth paragraph, starting with next, we launched out on a course of vigorous action. We will be reading through three paragraphs and ending on page 64 with we considered its common manifestation. Today's readers are Naomi B. on the 12 Steps, Julie S. on the 12 Traditions, and our readers of the text are Melissa C., Irini M., and Leslie M. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, July 4th, 7 a.m. Eastern Eastern Time, 10117, and the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 10118. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Naomi B. to please read the 12 steps of OA. Thank you. Good morning, Maura. Thank you for your service. This is Naomi B., a grateful recovered compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, Humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge for his will of his will for us and to carry the and and the power to carry that out 12 
Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass. Thank you, Naomi B. Now I'll now ask Julie S. to read the 12 Traditions of OA. Hi, everybody. Good morning. It's Julie S. from Hot and Humid, Delray Beach, Florida. Thank you so much for your service this morning. The 12 Traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA, as such, ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you, Julius. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderator is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 63, the last paragraph. And I will now ask Melissa C. to please get us started. Hi, good morning, it's Melissa C. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Okay, great. Hi. Next, 
we launched out on a course of vigorous action, the first step of which is a personal house cleaning, which many of us had never attempted. Though our decision was a vital and crucial step, it could have little permanent effect unless it once followed by a strenuous effort to face and to be rid of the things in ourselves which had been blocking us. Our liquor was but a symptom, so we had to get down to causes and conditions. Therefore, we started upon a personal inventory. This was step four. A business which takes no regular inventory usually goes broke. Taking a commercial inventory is a fact-finding and fact-facing process. It is an effort to discover the truth about the stock in trade. One object is to disclose damaged or unsaleable goods, to get rid of them promptly and without regret. If the owner of the business is to be successful, he cannot fool himself about values. We did exactly the same thing with our lives. We took stock honestly. First, we searched out the flaws in our makeup which caused our failure. Being convinced that self manifested in various ways was what had defeated us, we considered its common manifestations. I'm just going to get my timer ready. Um, It's Melissa C. Recovered, compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, yeah, so now it's like this is the first step that we're actually going to be really doing something. Um, Before then, it's an admission that the way I've been living um, wasn't working, that I was failing miserably. Um, And then I had some hope that there was going to be something that was going to help me. And and then I made a decision that I was going to put my hands in whatever this thing that I had hope in was going to was going to work and and that I was going to do it and so now is when I start doing it and um and you know so there's strenuous effort it's I've got to face the, the stuff um and get rid of the things that are blocking me and you know so I think like about this inventory and there's so much um fear concerning it you know like I've had it myself like like frightened to see, like as if I'm going to uncover some deep, dark secret, some monster about myself that I don't already know, you know, and the truth is there's nothing there that I don't already know on some level. It's just I've used the food to um, push it down, you know, and um, and it's not working, you know, like that's that was the key for me, that um, the, the the inventory, the things that I needed to look at that were now um, damaged or unsaleable. You know, at one time, they weren't damaged. And at one time, they had value. They they helped me. They got me this far. Um, but they became useless. You know, they became stuff that, like I think about, you know, when we clean out our closets. Um, you know, at one time, those shoes were great. They were new they looked nice, um, but they don't anymore. And now they hurt. Um, and if I keep trying to cram my foot in a broken shoe, I don't feel very good, you know. And so that's kind of how I look at my inventory. It's it's stuff I own. Um, it's, it's stuff that at one time was useful, but now it's not. And um, 
you know, and so what I tell people that I'm that I work with um is there's really not much to be afraid of. You know, like I had so much mystique around this and so much fear. Um but it was really it's a beautiful thing to begin because you're really starting to get free, you know, and so when I talk with someone and I, I try to pick like a, a date with them by to have it done by because I think what's dangerous for me is having too much time. It's like we're going in the swamp. Um, we're going to find out um, some things that are unpleasant, um, and then we want to get out, you know. And so what I tell people that I work with is, um, you know, the sooner we're, we're through it, the sooner we'll be free. Um, and that's really been my experience, you know, that um, getting the inventory through and done led me to freedom. Thank you. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. And so now I'd like to open it up and ask who would like to share on these three paragraphs. And when Charles I hear H. your name, I will announce it, and then you know you've been heard. And I heard Charles H. Irini. Harlan G. Harlan. Anyone else this morning? Star one? Martha S. Is that Martha S? Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, then let's go with that. I've got Charles H., Irini M., Harlan G., and Martha S. Is there anyone else hearing this noise besides me? Okay. Hopefully it'll go away. If you're not Charles H., would you please? I'm sorry? I said, yes, I can hear all that noise. Hi, I'm hearing you. You can. I can. Okay. Well, then let's let's go ahead with everybody star one. Thank you all. Let's go with everybody star one and muting your line. Okay. Charles H., please go ahead. Charles H., star one. Yeah, I'm here, Martha. I was trying to I was trying to use the fourth step to get rid of that garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Charles H to recover compulsive over here. Next. Like compulsive overeaters like myself. Like I ne- not next year, not next week, not next you know, right now. We launched out on a course of vigorous action. Um to be rid of the things that was blocking us. Liquor was just a symptom, so we had to get down to causes and conditions. I like words in here like promptly and next and launched, um, vigorous action. Um, wow, like, like, like being a janitor, I can utilize this, this, this beautiful fourth-step process, the start of the house cleaning, to get rid of – I can use it as a spiritual compactor to get rid of all of the garbage in my life that I cause. And even if I didn't cause some of it, all of it, I caused some of it. I know I caused some of it. I did a fourth step with somebody a while back, and we took like three hours, and the person said, I ain't do nothing. And I was so resentful. 
against that person, but now that person is recovered, and we're good friends. And that's great because I felt the same way. I ain't doing nothing. What you talking about, right? Um, wow, a business that takes no inventory usually goes broke, and that's a good place to be, broken. Like, forget willingness. I was just broken. And, 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 and I want to say this. This is why I don't, I don't take people's food because, you know, I was talking to my partner at, last night, like 3 in the morning, and I don't like fireworks and all that. The fireworks is here. The fireworks is, is in between the meetings. The conventions are great, but the, the greatest part of conventions is the soul searching, the leveling of my pride in between meetings, late in the midnight hour when everybody's sleeping. That's the, the personal house cleaning that I love, right? So anyway, I said to my I said to my partner, I said, you know, um, you know, you can put on weight by eating jars of peanut butter in the middle of the night, and it let off. It was fireworks, and that's why I don't. You know, I had to plant that seed, right? I got a brother that's in big time addiction. I can't do nothing but pray for him. That's it. That's the house cleaning, the garbage that I create. Um, there is a way out by by cleaning up. Now today. All I do is little sweeping, right? But it's still garbage that got to be swept up every single day caused by Charles H. So I'm just so grateful for this process. I remember words like next, launch, um, promptly. The big in closing, the big book don't care about how great I am because all those character defects, I mean character assets, led me to today, July 5th, 2017. Thank you, God. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Charles H. Idini M., it's your turn. Thank you, Mar, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Idini M. from New York, and I am such a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thanking God always for taking care of me. Wow, it's time for action. (laughs) We start the process of steps four and nine. And we begin to embark on an incredible journey of developing and enlarging our spiritual life. You know, we start with the personal house cleaning. And let me tell you, my inner house was so dirty and cluttered. So I needed to get down to causes and conditions. Because at this point, the food is down. And we are so raw, we are vulnerable because we don't have our comfort to soothe us. We don't have a a tool to ease us. When we are on that emotional roller coaster without a stop button, we are restless, irritable, and discontent. And we desire that bite to soothe us and rescue us. But what's the truth here and what's the lie here? Is, you know, we thought that the food is the answer to calm us down. But that's the lie. It seemed that was my truth. It's not about the food. It's treating an illness, the spiritual malady, in order for the obsession of the mind to be lifted. I first had to name what was blocking me to be honest, to see what my part was, what my behaviors were, what patterns was I repeating, to see what was blocking me from God. Food was just the symptom. That's the first half of step one. I was powerless over food. The second part of step one, my life was unmanageable. What are my problems of unmanageability? The root cause of this unmanageability is selfish, self-centeredness. 
that made me act out all the bedevilments that are listed on page 52, the second paragraph. I was having trouble with personal relationships. I couldn't control my emotional nature. I was a prey to misery and depression. I couldn't make a living. I had a feeling of uselessness. I was full of fear, and I was so unhappy. So what did I needed to... I needed to get down to causes and conditions to see the truth of how I was thinking and behaving and what was my personality like, what kind of attitude did I have. Knowing about my causes and conditions, I can take responsibility for my action and not to play the blaming game or hide or stuff my problems. So I was spiritually bankrupt and depleted. I was spiritually poor. The truth is I needed food to soothe me, but I needed spiritual food to nourish me and comfort me and mostly save me from me by making the impossible possible, which is the rewiring of my brain, the softening of my heart, and the filling of my soul so the light of the spirit can take ownership of my soul. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Irini. Harlan G., it's your turn, followed by Martha S. Thank you, Martha. Thank you to Team Wednesday. I can't believe it's Wednesday because it's the first work day of the week for me. Um, I'm Harlan G. I just want to thank you guys for making this meeting possible. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overreader in sweltering Scottsdale, Arizona. And I look at this, and as Charles mentioned and as Irini mentioned, there's a couple of myths that get smashed right away here. It says next. It doesn't say next week. It doesn't say next year. It says next. We launched on a course of vigorous action. And then on, the, on page 64, excuse me, it says we launched out on a course of vigorous action. This is not a program for people who need it. It's not a program for people who want it. It's a program for people who do it. And what is that action going to embark upon? It's going to embark upon a process of uncover, discover, and discard. Uncover the things that have been killing me. Discover my part in those things and discard the defects of character which have been killing me. And that's what we're going to embark upon. And this fear that we have of step four is unfounded if we're doing it correctly. I've said this before, and I'm going to say this again this morning. If these steps are very difficult, I'm doing them wrong. I'm doing them incorrectly. This is a very, very simple step. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be listing the people, places, and institutions that we have had resentment against. We all know the answers to those questions. We're not going to be asked one question that we don't know the answer to. Then we're going to list our fears. And we all know who and what we fear. And then we're going to list our sexual harms done others. And we all know that and our sexual ideal. It's going to be a very, very simple, very quick process. shouldn't take more than a couple of hours at the most. But what we're really looking at here is we are going to look at the buildup of emotions that have come from these resentments, fears, sexual harms done others, and we're going to start to change 
our paradigm on these things. We're going to start to change the way we look at these things because in my entire life, I have seen your part in these things and I have exaggerated your part and I have diminished my part. I love instant replay in sports. But in in instant replay in sports, there's truth, there's fidelity, because that video is going to be the same every time I view it. In my mind, what you did to me, in my mind, how you slighted me becomes more and more exaggerated each time I look at it. Your part becomes more dastardly. My part becomes more innocent. And so over time, I begin to believe that I was standing there doing nothing and you came along and you did me dirt. But when I look at myself objectively and I look at these causes and conditions, the defects, and I look at the attack on my, on my uh, instincts of life, the three basic instincts of life, social security and sex, then I begin to see my part in things and it starts to shift my paradigm and I can start to feel at ease with the world that I live in and I start to see things in a different way. And oh, by the way, the desire for food diminishes tremendously if I've done these correctly and I do them quickly like my hair's on fire. With that, I'll pass. Thank you very much. Thank you, Harlan G. Martha S., it's your turn. Good morning. This is Martha S. May I be heard? Yes, thank you. Thank you. This is Martha S., a grateful, recovered, compulsive eater in upstate New York. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for your service. So when I first did step three, almost three years ago now, um, or step four, rather, sorry, um, I was... Uh, I had come into the program as an agnostic, so I um, um, I was willing to do the work, but I was still blocked from a higher power. So that first paragraph, I had to be rid of the things in myself that had been blocking me. So what I learned in step four with my sponsor's help was um, the, um, the facts about myself. It's a fact-finding and fact-facing process. What are the facts about myself that that uh, lead me back into the food? So I had to learn about my character defects, and um, and that fact that it's a fact-finding and fact-facing process was important for me because I came into the program where uh, feeling shame about myself was um, one of the top things I would often feel. So it was really helpful to know that this is just fact-finding and fact-facing. It's not about inventorying all the ways that I'm a horrible person. You know, I'm just another flawed, imperfect human being just like everyone else. And um, I'm learning how to, in step four, I'm learning how to identify the thinking that leads me to the feelings that leads me back into the food. So. Um, um, it, and it's a regular inventory, it says in that second paragraph that we read. So when I'm done with step four, I, you know, and you know, when I'm working with others, they're they're doing their first amendment step nine in a matter of days, 
after after their fifth step. Uh, so, and as soon as they have a couple of amends under their belt, they're they're starting step tens because, in my experience, um, and in the big book um, instructions on page eighty four for step ten, you know we immediately start living this this way of life, doing regular inventory. Um, as we clean up the path. So I know that I would be back into the food if I'm not doing step tens every day. And I'm not talking about like one a day. I'm talking about, you know, learning how to do this inventory quickly throughout the day and and then asking my higher power to remove the defects that block me from being useful to him. Um, and then turning my attention to someone I can help throughout the day. So in step four, it's, I'm just beginning the process of learning that new skill. And um, and hmm. thank you, thank you for time. I will I will pass there. Thank you very much. Okay, so. Now it's time to open it up again and uh, see who would like to share on what was read today. We started in the bottom of page 63. Next, we launched out on a course of vigorous action. Hang on, Matt. And we ended after three paragraphs with we considered its common manifestations. And I heard Matt M. Can you repeat the name of the last speaker, please? The last speaker was Martha M. Martha the last S. Speaker was Martha S. Yes. Thank you. Would you like to share? Janice M. Janice M. I have Matt M and Janice M. Who else would like to share this morning? Star one, please. Vasa O. I don't know Vasa if you got O. I got you now, Vasa. Leslie W. Leslie W. Was that Craig? Gotcha. Okay. Let's go with that five. Matt M, go ahead, please. And then it'll be Janice M, Vasa O, Leslie W, and Craig F. Can you hear me, Laura? I can. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M, Pulse Over Eater. Uh, I was going to say, since we had to get down to the causes and conditions, I didn't like doing this backfighting and backfacing process. I didn't like doing this because it means I had to look at myself from the bottom up. I had to look at things I didn't really want to look at, stretch out the past to look at what I want, my resentments and where I hurt others as well. I didn't want to look at this stuff because I, I felt like that the same part of my soul that I was right and you were wrong. And um, it's true. I was morally bankrupt in every way. And going through this process, it showed me that I do have a I do have a higher power, and I do have something that's going to help me through this. I have to I have to let the past go in order to move forward to the future. And um, I definitely had a lot of flaws in my makeup, and I'm grateful just for today. Um, I don't have to let that stuff get to me anymore. It's in the past, and I'm going to let the past go, and I'm going to be free of it. Then I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt M. And Janice M., it's your turn, please, and then it'll be Vasa's turn. Well, <clears throat> thank you, Mara, and thank you for your service. This is Janice M. from Massachusetts, and I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. You know, I know that some people will say, oh, did you really? I had a, I had a newcomer call me, and 
oh, well, she was, you know, kind of coming back, and she's, you know, she talked about the fear, the fear that she had with the fourth step, and I said, gee, you know, I was dying to do my fourth step, so because I knew, I really knew in my heart that, boy, I'm going to find this thing out about myself because I, I could never do it before. And I had a certain confidence because of my higher power, not because of me, because I just went through the first three steps. I made a decision, and, you know, I knew that if I made that decision, that there would be a higher power that's going to walk with me. I mean, I know it sounds stupid, but that's the truth. And I'm going to read what it says, what the step is. It says, made a searching and fearless moral inventory. Oh, I didn't put my timer on. Fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Well, first of all, it was mentioned, putting searching is, when you search for something that's lost, or you want to find out something, you search out the facts, right? So that's what the searching was. Now, the fearlessness was, I'm going to face these facts. Not with fear, I'm going to face them because, ah, because I know because of my experience that, oh, once I found out, gee, it wasn't about my father. It wasn't about my mother. It was my thinking and my attitude and my perception to what I was thinking. And so I was fearlessly, I I said, oh, that was it. You know, that's, that's what the fearless. Now, the real thing when you first knew and you're seeing moral inventory, oh, boy, that's when it... It kind of says, I got to talk all about the nasty and dirty things that I did sexually or that I did that wasn't, you know, was immoral. No, it doesn't say immoral or amoral. It says moral. And what's the definition in the dictionary of moral? It's the truth. The truth about me. Nothing to do with, when we come to the sex and relationship part, that's another story. But that's why I think a lot of people fear it. I got to go through all my life and tell them all the things that I did. No. You know, Bill writes a certain way, and he didn't say amoral or immoral. He said moral, which is the things that they really are, the right and wrong of any given situation, the truth about me, the truth about things, not about my father, not about my mother, nothing about anybody else. And that's revealed through my higher power. That's my experience. So I wasn't afraid. I really wasn't. Um, That's my experience. So when we can see that, you know, the result is going to be freedom, I'm going to, and then all the resentments. And then with that, I will pass. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Janice M. And Vasa, oh, right before you go, we're going to um, take a uh, few moments after Vasa's turn to have an announcement, and then we'll pick up again with Leslie W. and Craig F. So, Vasa, please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Martha, for your service. And I am a gratefully recovered compulsive Vita calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And, you know, by the time I came to the programs, I was physically, emotionally, and spiritual, spiritually bankrupt without even knowing me. I was like a robot walking around. I was such a doer and trying to accomplish. And I remember when I, you know, when I came in the program, I did accept the first three steps. I can, he can, I will let him. And I was ready and willing. And it's by the grace of God I became abstinent 
and I had quite a few days, quite a few weeks, probably even months of abstinence. And um, my sponsor said, okay, it's time to move on now, you know. And I thought abstinence was just good enough for me. You know, I've been trying to do that for many, many, many years to accomplish. All of a sudden, God is doing for me what I couldn't do to myself. And I thought that's all I needed to. And then she said, you know, if we don't continue with the steps the way they're laid out, you know, back into the food, you know. And I was afraid. I didn't want to go. And I was kind of excited, you know, in some ways to to do the writing and to do the fourth step because I could see, you know, I had my higher power working. You know, I was I hadn't, you know, going through, you know, with my abstinence and trusting and re- relying. And I was in many ways excited to see what else this how, higher power was going to show me and doing going to the uh, fourth step and cleaning house. I remember saying, you know, my house is the cleanest house on the on the on the block. You know, I had an obsession of cleaning and keeping everything in in order and stuff like that. So I decided to put all that time and energy cleaning the house with inside of myself. And I'm not saying I neglected my house, but I have a balance today. But the first fourth step, I did it differently because I did, my sponsor hadn't gone through it the way it was written in the big book. She, she gave me a questionnaire of 169 questions, and I did it with my counselor. And it was very, very beneficial. It was mostly, you know, started on my childhood, where I was, when I was born, you know, childhood, adolescence, and adult questions till up to that level. And my God, it was really, it was very healing because I did go back into the childhood years, you know, the dysfunction and this and that, you know, looking, you know, the, you know, the dysfunction of the family. And then I found uh, we had a big book step study, and this person came and spoke, uh, and I asked her to be my big book step study sponsor, and I did the process with her. It was very beneficial Time. also. It, it was, yeah, I'll, I'll just finish up. It was, I did it the way it's laid out here, you know, and that was another way I did it, and then I did it, and again, it took a long time. Like, we studied the steps like here for three years, but it was like this. You know, I went to the meeting, we did homework, and we did it over again. So I do it over and over, and the more I do it, there's more healing and more time. So grateful. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you. I don't like to cut anybody off, but we need to get everybody in as, as many as we can. And now it's time for a announcement. Mr. Larry Kay, please. Hey, Maura. How are you? Can you hear me all right? I can. Thank you, sir. Okay, good, good, good. Thanks so much. Okay, so, you know, we've been hearing, you've been hearing, if you've been on this line, you've been hearing some promos for our convention coming up uh, September 15th through the 17th in New Jersey. Um, and I want to I wanna speak to that just briefly. Um, I, I was at the convention in 2015, the last Vision convention. And the reason I mention it is I remember an individual that I met there um, and at the time, um, this person was sober from another uh, 12-step program for a number of years. Uh, but this, this person was really, really in a bad state. And, and this person was new to uh, um, focusing on 
Recovery in Overeaters Anonymous. And, and one of the things I want to share with you, because there's good news to this story, was this meeting, this convention was the catalyst for, uh, for her recovery. Um, she, I'll share with you that she, I remember her telling me that she had food, her substance, up in her hotel room. Um, she wasn't sure, you know, if she was going to be, in fact, she was pretty sure she wasn't going to be able to stay out of the food. Here's the good news. The good news is this convention was the catalyst for her learning more thoroughly about the big book, and that's what we're going to be doing September 15th through the 17th at the uh, Liberty International Airport Marriott and Convention Center. Um, it was the last time that she took a compulsive bite. And I'd like to tell you that the 12-step reads, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of the vision convention, we now get on the line every morning and practice these principles. Yeah, we know it doesn't say that, right? She had to uh, take the steps in sequence and launch out, as we're talking this morning, launch out in the course of vigorous action when she got through the, into the action steps four through nine. But here's the thing. It was the catalyst, and she did. And she's not the only one at that convention. So it wasn't necessarily the convention. She was ready. She was ready. But I'll tell you, when you learn about the big book, and you learn about, you know, these principles and these steps and the instructions. It could be the catalyst for you, too. So I urge people to sign up. I know I'm going to be there. And I bet Maura might be there. I don't know. Hey, Maura, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Hey, Larry, I will be there, and I will see you and everybody else in 72 days. Had to look it up. Okay, so resuming our regularly scheduled programming, Ms. Leslie W., it's your turn, and then it will be Craig F. Thank you, Maura. This is Leslie W., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Tennessee. Um, thanks for letting me share this morning. Our liquor was but a symptom. Uh, we had to get down to causes and conditions. So my food, um, my my abuse of food, my abuse of my body, all the repercussions that came along with it was just a symptom of what was going on um, in my head. Um, and to this day, I still have to follow this protocol for <laughs> ridding myself of my resentments because you know even though I'm recovered I still have resentments that pop up I still have feelings that pop up that are sometimes really unpleasant for me and if I don't get down to the cause and condition then I I will eat over it it it, it will happen it it's it's not it's not if but when and because that is what I do as a compulsive overeater, um, I use food to soothe myself, to calm myself down. And I had to laugh when I heard Charles share about the peanut butter in the middle of the night because I remember when I was in the hospital after giving birth to my first son seven years ago. And the nurses came by and brought me a little cup of peanut butter. This was before I knew I was a compulsive overeater. This was before I knew that compulsive overeating was even a, a real issue. I thought everybody just used food uh, to cope with life. Um, I thought that was normal. Um, and uh, I remember getting back home from the hospital with the baby 
And every time I would get up in the middle of the night to nurse or whatever, I would, I would, I would say, oh, well, I'm, I'm up. I might as well eat. <laughs> and I'd grab that jar of peanut butter and I'd start eating with my graham crackers or whatever I had, whatever, whatever uh, vehicle I had to, to, to use that peanut butter. And in the middle of the night, my sick mind told me that because it was in the middle of the night that it didn't really count because nobody was around to see me. And uh, how crazy is that? But that's what the that's what this disease will do to you. And boy, am I sure glad that I found Overeaters Anonymous. But I'm also I'm 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 really really ecstatic and so grateful that I found Vision for you because um because the people on this line really know how to work this program, and they're honest and they're real. And I need that. I need that. I need people in my life to call me out on my crap. And also, I'm just just so thankful and grateful for everybody on this line doing service today um, and everybody keeping this meeting going. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Leslie W. And Craig F., it's your turn. Hi, this is Craig F., recovered Tulsa, Oklahoma. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Great, thank you. Um, you know, I'm a, a perfectionist. I, I I didn't like that title. I, I somebody told me that one time, and I said I was uh, that was impossible. I didn't do anything well enough to be a perfectionist, <laughs> which is of course the perfectionist answer. But um, my perfectionism, um, of course, leads to procrastination and. Uh, you know, I, I if I can't do it perfectly, I'm not, or if I'm not sure I can do it perfectly, I just didn't want to start. And uh, it, that that was one of the things that was that blocked me for a while, <clears throat> for a long time on doing these steps. Is um, it was my perfectionism, and I always saw a little irony in that. That uh, um, you know, my that the character de- defects that I was going to want to get rid of in six and seven were stopping me from doing uh, four and five um but but they were and and then the another thing you know one of the things that i always kid about but it's true i i spent six months one time looking for the right pen and and notebook to do my uh write my fourth step in and that's not launching into a program of vigorous action that that was uh stalling because i i didn't want to do it and uh you know, another thing that that got me for a long time was bargaining. Um, you know, basically saying to myself, "How much do I have to admit to here to recover?" You know, do do I have to put it all down on paper? Can I just get rid of some of the grosser defects? Can I just get rid of the things that people already know, <laughs> or 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 what? And that's not a program of honest uh, action. And of course, another thing that blocked me was uh, the food uh, you can't do this step when you're uh, in, in the food uh, you you can't do it uh, well enough to have the desired effect um, because you're looking at everything through a through a, a lens that, that distorts the world and it certainly is going to distort my view of what I did so um, I come down to this and when I and and you know this time this last time um, because I was desperate, 
um, I, my sponsor gave me 24 hours to write this fourth step, and and I did it literally in three and a half. I uh, um, I, I sat down. If it came to my mind, uh, I wrote it down. If it if it was a question about should that be on this on this uh, list, it went on the list, and uh, I. It was such a relief, such a release to just uh, do it, to to just blow it out, get it on the paper, and, and get to where I could look at it. And that alone gave me uh, gave me peace and gave me some uh, uh, unblockage from from God. That just just that idea Hi. that I could thank you that that I could just get it out and get it over with. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Craig F. And I think we have time for two more. We might have time for three, but I'm not certain. So who would like to uh, share on what was read today? Star one. Lori T. I'm sorry, say again. Lori T. Lori C. T. I'm sorry. There's some Lori C. No T as in today. Lori T as in today. Sorry, Barbara E. I got you. Jan S. Thank you. Jan S. We'll see if we can get to you, Jan. You might have to hang out for the second hour if you can. Um, Lori T. It's your turn. Then Barbara E. And then hopefully Jan S. If you each take two minutes, we can get all three of you. Okay, I'll stick to you. Gosh, thank you so much for this meeting. Um, I've learned so much. I'm I'm about to do one, two, and three with my sponsor, and I guess four. I've got to call her today. But I've been making some good progress. I've started to cry a bit and think, and I've, I've listened to a lot of the special editions. But anyways, if I think about the four um, and personal house cleaning, I think about what do I hate the most about house cleaning? Well, first of all, I hate the windows which I see that that's the way I see things and the way people see me. Secondly, I hate doing the floors, and that's where I walk, and I have these consistent paths, and I think I'm going to have to revisit those paths and definitely spend more time on them in the places that I don't walk. I hate doing the kitchen, and I realize that the kitchen is the place where I prepare and nourish, and I have to do good preparation. I have to keep it clean. And that's where my nourishment comes from. It's not where I eat in the dining room. It's where I prepare my food. And I think I'm going to have to look at my relationship with my higher power. And then lastly, I hate the bathroom. <laughs> I hate cleaning the bathroom. That's where I get rid of all the garbage. But if I don't do that probably more strenuously on a daily basis, then that becomes a very unhealthy place. But maybe that's the importance of the step 10. I'm trying to look at it metaphorically that way um, and I think that that's helpful for me but I want to say that it's only been to the inside I've heard some people on this meeting and my sponsor I'm sure others in other meetings but I appreciate everybody helping me assisting me on my journey to um, my spiritual awakening with that path thank you thank you Lori T and Barbara E it is your turn Two minutes. Okay. I'll be fast. Two minutes it is. Barbara E. from New Jersey. Oh, my defects, my unsaleable uh, merchandise. 
it seemed to all come down to fear, fear of not being good enough, fear of not being respected, fear that I was not smart enough, fear that you were not seeing how smart I was, fear, fear, fear. But one thing I will say, and I want to bring this to you all, each time I told my sponsor about my defects, or what the harm was and what the possible defect was, she helped to clear away the cobwebs that were blocking me from understanding the defects that I had. And it was my choice and my choice alone to decide to get rid of them. Some of them I wanted to hang on to. Some I wanted to get rid of and never take back again. But over time, I realized that those defects that I wanted to hang on to were doing me no good at all. I continued to be irritable, self-seeking, controlling, and it didn't make for a happy canvas of family life. So I have to work at it and work really, really hard. But it's work that I enjoy doing And that's why I get up every morning to come to this 7 a.m. meeting because with this as my beginning, as my keystone, I heard used the other day, with this as my keystone and the big book, and you all, I can't fail. But I have to know I'm imperfect and I'm just doing the best I can. Thank you. I pass. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Barbara E. And Jan S., you will close us out this morning. Two minutes, please. Good morning. Good morning. This is Jan S. Thanks for fitting me in. I'll be really quick. Um, two really powerful words for me was launch. You know, when they launch a rocket, it's a huge explosion. It's not this little piddly, you know, well, let's try and get this thing up in the air with a firecracker. You know, so launching to me is like, it's we, we, it's big, you know, it's going to be, you know, a lot of effort to get that rocket up, a lot of effort to get me to do what I, you know, need to get going with. And the other one was vigorous. And um, for me, I never ate anything without, you know, being vigorous about how I got it, life and limb was sacrificed. Um, how I ate it, you know, cramming it in. I mean, it was vigorous. I mean, everything about my addiction was, and how I ate was very vigorous. And so I have to put the same amount of effort into my recovery. You know, those are important to me. And as far as my defects of character goes, um, it was rough for me in the beginning because I, you know, my whole sick self and self-centeredness was just, you know, I thought I was the defect, and it was really challenging in the in the beginning to separate myself, my own worth from the defects, the actions, the things that I caused versus, you know, who I was as a child of my higher power that I choose to call God today. So it was challenging at best, but I'm grateful that I've hung around all these years and continue to work it and continue to work towards, you know, spiritual growth every day through this solution. 
Thank you for letting me share, and I passed. Thank you, Jan S. And thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And today's share ID for Wednesday, July 5th, 2017 is 10121. That's 10121. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Erini M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, thank you. With, um, with great honor, humility, and pleasure, I'd love to. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation, what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you have in God. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.